You're listening to The Itch. My name is Casey. My name is Dan. And I'm Aaron. And this week and next week, we have the urge to interview two people, which is something we've never done before. And we're quite hyped about it. And honored to have almost half the band of Nonpoint. (laughs) 40% (laughs) mathematically, it's true. Yes. (laughs) This band was the winner of the March Bandness Tournament. And we were thrilled to have Rob and Jason join us for an interview. Yeah, they kind of own the social webs. uh, And we talk about that in the interview. um, And they just have a great impact on their fans. And obviously the fans showed up during that uh, voting. And that's one reason why they led the whole way through and went on to win. And so we felt it necessary to try to do whatever we could to just have an episode focused around nonpoint and lucky for us, they got a lot going on. Yeah. We, we scheduled, so obviously March for the bandist part and we scheduled uh, this conversation with them uh, in April. And then within a few days, I believe of that, give or take one way or the other, they threw out a whole bunch of announcements within, in like a week or two's time. They announced that they were fully independent. They were starting their own record label and, and literally putting the fate of their future in their own hands and the hands of their fans. They were releasing a brand new single, their first one in a few years, and the first one to feature Jason, who we'll be speaking with here, and that that single was going to be the theme for AEW's Blood and Guts match, which uh, that episode of AEW's Dynamite was viewed by a million people. And so that's not a bad way to kick off the next chapter of your career. One of the things I absolutely love about this interview is that, you know, this band's been around for years, uh, as far as I can remember, 20 plus years, and they just seem to not only be getting better, but just continuing to grow as a band and just always doing something new and just keeping uh, their fans on their toes, never knowing what to expect next. Yeah, and it was it was great talking with two guys that you can tell are 100 percent passionate about what they're doing because it's all on them at this point so it it definitely shows in the in the interview because it was a a thrill to talk just anything music with them it was great yeah it 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 was a great interview the such down-to-earth guys the whole band's really down to earth i've had the pleasure of meeting them in the past and i talked about my first experience with them in great detail in this interview um, and just the impact that these guys make and, and and not only on just me, but just all of their fans, every time that they do a show, every interview that they do, they, they just make an impact without even trying. They're incredibly likable guys. And it was cool because we got to, not only did we get to speak with Rob, who is another drummer on our list. We get a lot of drummers <laughs> and, uh, and, and he, along with Elias are the, the two founding members of the band that still uh, are with the band today. But we got Jason, who is the newest member of the band and our first guitarist that we've interviewed. Yeah. Yeah. You're correct. And, you know, Elias just put a post out about what Jason means to the band and the incredible struggle that he has gone through since joining the band. Uh, but we actually got to hear it firsthand. It was really awesome seeing you know we did the interview and then Re- elias released a statement about him like two days later and i was like yeah we knew that but obviously we couldn't post it quick enough elias beat us to the punch 
He did. So we were super excited to get to speak with both of these guys. And they were incredibly gracious to us. As you can hear throughout the episode, we had some technical issues. Neither Dan nor Casey's mics decided to cooperate. It was it was a, a terrible bout of something, rather, because this was an interview we've been looking forward to for so long. And it was probably the most technical issue we've ever had. And it wasn't on their end. It was it was ours. Like two out of three of us were our computers decided to just not cooperate. And we recorded two days before and everything was just fine. Well, to be fair, though, the people that have listened to our radio show for years know that the itch and computers do not go together. (laughs) We are not necessarily technology savvy, but we just have always combated with technology throughout the history of our show in one way or another, whether it was CD players, computers. uh, We have just we fought with technology throughout the existence of the itch. (laughs) But fortunately, technology is also enough of our friend that due to audio editing software, we're able to correct a lot of those issues and smooth a lot of things out. So thank you to Rob and Jason for not only speaking with us, but for for putting up with the time it took to actually get things right to where we could uh, make progress on our conversation. Yes. So without further ado, here's Rob and Jason of Nonpoint. All right. So a quick introduction to us before we really get going. I know we've been act- interacting a little bit in some form or another on Twitter for, for a little bit now, but we, for 16 years, we've done a, a radio show in St. Louis, a college rock radio show called The Itch. We were students at, at a university and then just kept doing this weekend specialty show even after we graduated because it was we enjoyed playing music for people. And so the name is The Itch. It sort of came to mean like The Itch to, to hear music by artists that you aren't always getting played by most radio uh, rock stations. So the pandemic shut us down, too, just like it did you, although on a much smaller scale and everybody else. And so we did what other people also did during that time, which was start a podcast out of it. We're like, why don't we just convert over to that for the time being, and then we'll resume the radio whenever we can. So that's been super fun. And a big part of that has been getting to have conversations with artists that we really you know, have enjoyed and appreciated for a long time. So that's kind of our basic story. If you want to know who it is that you're giving your time to, I think that's important for people. I'm actually a podcast addict, so uh, I've listened to the last uh, some of your recent episodes because I got a lot of time on my hands during oh. the day. So awesome. I listen to a lot of podcasts. We appreciate that. That's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> Feel free to give us feedback anytime. Literally, <laughs> you guys, you guys got good taste in music. I, you, you bring up a lot of good bands, and you you, you got some good uh, talking points about all of them. I enjoyed it. That's great. I, we really appreciate that. Yes. Thank you very much for joining. Uh, I've been a huge, huge fan of you guys for quite some time. Believe it or not, I got into you when I was in high school uh, because of a girlfriend that was into your band. And so I started listening to you guys from them. And I fell in love when I saw you with Skin Dread and Seven Dust at, uh, in like 2004. And Was that at the pageant? Yes. Okay. One of my favorite concerts of all time. And that concert literally has basically led me to have you guys nonpoint skin dread and seven dust be my favorite band since then. I've, I mean, and great bands to choose from because you guys continue to put out great music, all three of them. Thank you for years. Um, and, and then in 2011, you guys came through and, and went to a place called the old rock house. And I don't know if you guys know the impressions or the, the meaning, the type of impact that you guys have just on, Subtle things. So after that, it was for one, that was a great concert. It was at a place called the Old Rock House here in St. Louis. Is that a brick, like a brick wall place? I believe so. It was a little tiny kind of 
it wasn't a dive bar, but it was a little kind of bar. Looks like area. like an industrial area. Yes. Oh, okay. Correct. I remember that place. And you guys played a hell of a show and then hung out after the show. And me and my buddy were sitting at a table and like everybody from the band just kind of came up and hung out with us at some point. It was one of the coolest experiences of my entire life, getting to meet every single person in your band. You guys were so down to earth, such cool guys. Um, and that was like the second time I've ever met a band. And, and like we were kind of really early in our show, but that left such a huge impression that, you know, you guys hooked me on, on doing this for a living. I might not get paid for it, but uh, you definitely hooked me. And, and I, for one, I wanted to thank you for that, for just being so no down pro- to earth. No problem. Are you guys by an airport? I was. I am. Let me close this window. Well, I, hear, <laughs> I, hear, I, hear, I hear planes. <laughs> it's like what? I live. I live. I live right by Midway. Okay. So. Wait, are you are you in Illinois? Yeah, I'm. I'm in Chicago. Oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I um. I was when I was checking you guys out. Sorry to interrupt this one. We'll probably cut this, but nonetheless. And I saw, um, I saw Jason, you had a video from a while back at, uh, at the Galloping Ghost. And I was like, oh, I got to get this guy on to talk. Like, <laughs> the, the, for, for Dan and KC, I have definitely no idea. The Galloping Ghost is, a, is an arcade in Chicago that for like 20 bucks, you can play just like a bazillion arcade games all day. You can leave and come back <laughs> and like... <laughs> unlimited coins whatever it's fantastic <laughs> they they have every single arcade game that you can think of retro arcade game that you can think of from the past every single one of them and then there's a pinball a whole other building full of every pinball machine down <laughs> yeah. the block yeah i go i go there about every two months with my son because my son asks me just about every weekend hey can we go to galloping ghost this weekend <laughs> so i i go about every two months in there i'm a one day yeah you should i recommend it yeah i go about once a year so i'll i'll, I'll be hoping that that schedule coincides and i'll be, hey, see you guys before <laughs> so anyway sorry dan back to your story oh i was just gonna say i mean you know i don't know if the, if you realize the impact but that was really kind of the the situation in my life that helped build the confidence to kind of do this and interview you guys bands and, and uh you know interview you guys like this so for what i want to really thank you for that um but you know do, do you really i guess when you're going, you know, just hanging out with fans like that, do you realize, or, or are you trying to make an impact? Are you just hanging out and just having fun, or, or, or is there, like, a, a another purpose behind that? You know, uh, ever since, like, when we were local, you know, in Florida, I mean, we always hung out all the time. It never stopped. I mean, there's uh, not many bands that actually can do that. I mean, because they would never get out of there, you know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> but for some reason, we, we were able to blend in and hang out normally, you know, and, and I remember when we first started touring, like I was doing the merch, you know, we, we had very limited crew. So we were in a van and trailer and I was doing the merch. So I was talking to fans already all the time, but before that being signed, I mean, we always hung out. We, you know, it was like a lot of the f- people in the crowd were people that were friends too, you know? So mm-hmm. it, it, it wasn't that, that transition was never hard. You know, I've never found it hard to hang out. That with fans, you know, I think it's like one of the most important things, like why probably are we have such a dedicated fan base because, you know, they know that the opportunity to hang out with the band is pretty high. I mean, now, obviously, you know, we're touring where it's a little bit different, where the world is a little different, you know, right now. So I don't know where it's going to lead in the future as far as like your VIPs and your hangouts. And um, I'm not sure uh, what's going to happen. But um, 
it's never been an issue and there's never really a plan behind it. But when you're going at merch, you go to merch, you know, we always have posters. People buy the posters because they know they're going to get it signed right then and there. Mm. You know, it's not like they have to track down a musician to sign it. Like we're pretty fucking easy to meet, man. It's like, it's not that hard. It's not that hard. I mean, back in the day, I remember like I got to meet like uh, the guys from Cinderella, like way back. And and they were just hanging out in by their hotel. I'm like, oh shit. They're like, it's a, there's a rock star there. You know, it's like, but now they'll just walk, pay friends, just open the door on your bus and just walk the fuck on, you know, <laughs> we've, had that issue. we've had that issue, you know, but. It's cool, man. You know, you build, you know, we've been able to build this like this family vibe type of thing, you know, and and Jason at coming in, he fit right into the situation. Like every member that we've had, you know, we require them to go to the merch table. You know, we have to. So this is something that we do. But I can't see like the, like the dudes from like Disturb being able to do that. You know, there's no way that they would be there all night, you know, like, it, so it, it's, it's just easier for some bands, harder for others. I mean, you, you know, you're talking disturbed larger than life, you know, type actor dudes are like bonafide rock stars, you know, like there's no way they could do it. Or it was John from seven dust. There's no way he could go out there and hang out. I remember one time we were on the ship rocks. So I, we were at the end of the boat and we had to go to the other end of the boat. So it's me, LeJean, and his wife, Ashley, and Shannon Guns from uh, SiriusXM. We're walking. It took us an hour and 45 minutes to get to the end of the boat because we were stopping for pictures. Oh. It, it was the funniest thing. Nobody took a picture of me. Nobody gave a damn. You know, and, 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 you know, and almost an hour and 45 minutes just to get to the, what would have been a 10-minute walk. You know, like guys like that are not able to do that. But for us, you know, it's been pretty, pretty easy and pretty cool. Yeah. Nonpoint has a great rep reputation with the rock community. And um, by the way, Aria from Skin Dread says hi. <laughs> oh, yes. Okay. So, so when we were touring together, we shared a bus, Skin Dread and Nonpoint. So we used to yeah. play Xbox, NBA 2005. We took off all the settings at, with no fouls, nothing. It was all like brutal. And <laughs> so I, and, I, and and he goes, hey, Rope, I'm going to take you to the hole. <laughs> so he's like, take, he's going to slam dunk on me. And he said in this heavy British accent, it was so funny. <laughs> we had some great time. We had some great times with those guys, man. Yeah, we, we were able to interview him in October. And uh, he, he had some glowing things to say about, about that tour. Yeah, he, he is a sweet, one of the sweetest dudes. Everybody in that band is super cool. I had a great time. We did uh, three tours with those dudes, and it was great. If you guys ever want to do another one, we'll, we'll for sure be there. Uh, <laughs> I would love to. I'd like to go over there to, to the UK and play with them, you know, and then I'd love yeah. for them to come over here and do it. I'm, I'm, I'm down. Let's do it. Well, it's funny because when we, when we interviewed him, we were saying how – they need to get on a record label in the States. And then now you guys have your own record label, but they already signed because we, ha we haven't seen them in years. And we're like, we need to get you over to the States somehow. We need to get you signed to a label. And then <laughs> and then like a couple months after we interviewed them, they, they ended up signing. Yeah. We, uh, we had talked about uh, possibly them coming over here again, but I guess logistically it never worked out. Right. Yeah. That, that seems to be a big problem is, is getting all that that to happen 
I like that you mentioned how um, spending time with fans and especially after shows, the merch and stuff has always been a big part of what you guys do. Because, you know, when we started this show, we started a Twitter account to go along with it. You guys were actually the first band that followed us on there. And since then have been very interactive. And so it's like, it was interesting that you mentioned that because it makes me just think to see how like holistic that is. Like Nonpoint's approach to interaction with people is is everywhere. And so we had run, this one's more for anybody listening. You guys probably at least know more or less the story. We ran a Twitter tournament called March Bandness. Um, it was band versus band voting. Like who's, who do you want to hear us do an inter- uh, do a, an episode about? And you guys dominated it. Uh, <laughs> due to that interactive Twitter presence, it gave you a big edge over other bands, including some huge names, like you said, Disturb, like massive rock stars. And there were other bands in there that interacted with that too, but nobody did it with like the level of consistency and like like genuine interest that Nonpoint did. And I'm I'm pretty sure everyone every band member one of your your bandmates shared the the post. At, so. at some point or another, yeah, I think everybody <laughs> yeah. interacted. I'm the one I'm the one that takes care of our Twitter. Okay. Oh, well, <laughs> even though I don't know much about it. You do a great job on it, especially for a guy who just do you say you don't know much about it. So, well, I mean, so well done. It's just like <laughs> social media is so important with so much stuff. And I, I read anything positive. I retweet it. You know, like I, I like it's like a thank you to that person. I like the I like the tweet and I retweet it, you know, and I also uh, I log on to our Facebook as nonpoint and I'll when and we follow a bunch of bands. So when they announce tours or something we say something positive about it. i think and fans see that and actually someone said i just read today i need to hire your pr person because your social media is cool i, I didn't say it was me but uh, but, <laughs> but I, I i comment a lot with the non-point name and you know all positive stuff i think it's important to build a community and build you know build something big you know as big as we can you know to you know, it's like right now we're a total independent artist, so it's all falls on us. And Jason will 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 agree. I mean, Jason is very involved in social media, so so it's pretty much everybody in our band. You know, me, my myself, Elias, and Rashid, and Jason are probably the most that do stuff. Adam doesn't do much to the social media thing, but he will contribute. But um, it's important, man, to connect in every single possible way. Yeah, when we were at the when I was at the local band level, younger. Uh, there was having a community with those local bands was always a, a big deal. And uh, some of that kind of gets lost in the transition between being a local band and being a bigger band. And, and uh, we support that for sure. Other bands, other musicians like us, we're all about, uh, you know, high tide raises all ships. So if mm-hmm. support the other bands that support us and even a step further, you know, sure. Uh, yeah, I just like I said, I, I I can't speak enough to how well you guys, uh, you know, do with that. And then and then to come to find out, you know, right after all that went down, you know, within a couple of weeks, it just everything came out in the open about the plans you guys had and the big stuff you're up to. It was like, OK, bam, we're going fully independent. We're starting a label for ourselves. OK, we're releasing a single now. That single is now the theme for an AEW event, which which, by the way, was seen over by over a million people that night that, that that episode aired. Oh, and also we're releasing a documentary series telling about how all this stuff came to be. And so in that, like I was watching one of them and Elias talks about how he's like, we have to rely fully on, you know, fans, listeners, 
for this to work because he's like we're basically putting it all in their hands and all i mean more or less putting all the weight on them to support us because that's how this relationship is gonna gonna have to be so at that point i'm like okay this totally now makes sense now that they've you know revealed all this what they've been up to why why they are like that interactive and that um yeah just just eager to utilize those mediums for promotion of, of yourselves and of your friends and everything yeah even with the, with all the with as big as social media is and the reach that we get and the interaction that we get still on surface level it's it's somewhat superficial and nothing will ever touch good old-fashioned word of mouth when somebody when you hear something from somebody's mouth directly in person it goes miles further than somebody making a post on social media so we lean on our fans to talk us up and that's why we give them all the time in the world because they deserve it yeah the fans pretty much make everything or break everything you know and Pretty much, you know, from the beginning of our career, I've always said, without you, there's no us, you know, and I've always lived by that, by that quote. And, uh, and just, I'm just ecstatic that we have a group of five individuals that are go out of their way and talk to anyone, you know, we'll, we'll give time to anybody out there. It doesn't matter who it is. Obviously, if it's right, if we're going to go on stage, it's a little different story, but if we're like walking around, like I'll just go and walk around. I'll go in the venue, I'll get off the bus and just walk in. And I'll just look for a spot and check out the band, you know, from the crowd. And if people come up to me, I'll take pictures. I'll, I'll talk to them. I'll sign whatever, you know, it's just, I always carry a Sharpie with me just in case I'm ready. So it's one thing that I learned. You put a, you attach a Sharpie to your pass. And I always had a, so um, yeah, it's just like, it's like important. It's really important, especially now with independence. You know, we we need you know all the support we can get, and and like Jason said, when when we're a local band, you build that community too. When we were local, we built we were we built a community with all the bands that were local. We've all played shows together. We promoted each other. You know, we talked about each other because you want to build something special. You know, and it, and it turned out to be like three of the five bands actually got signed out of there. But being us, Darwin's Waiting Room and Endo, and actually the Grooveniks also got signed. I mean, and unfortunately for them, they, didn't, they weren't able to stick around. But, but, you know, we did build something cool. And it's just, and I just, in interaction, it's the most important thing. Yeah, and I'm sure also having someone uh, like Frankie on your side, uh, handling a lot of a lot of the important things, it helps a lot. <laughs> Frank Frankie has been a godsend. You know, like we met her, we were on tour with the Butcher Babies and Sumo Psycho. She was working with Sumo Psycho. They're all from the same town. Her and I are like best friends. So we learned, and when there was an opportunity for her to work with us, you know, at first we were, we didn't know because we had never had a content creator. You know, obviously, you know, you try to keep things under budget and stuff but she has been an absolute blessing to this band you know pictures and content and she's <laughs> constantly one step ahead in social media like tactics and you know and, and learning new stuff her and elias have a really good relationship with that as far as learning new stuff and trying to learn as much about social media as we can like we constantly we, we have a, a, a thread on our phones you know a text thread and we're constantly asking questions 
like Jason asks a lot of questions too, because he wants to learn, you know, everybody wants to learn, wants to, and she's been, like I said, just an angel sent from God. (laughs) Yeah. To give a little more context um, to anybody listening, because we haven't really dived too deep into this yet. So Nonpoint just announced uh, a couple weeks back, a few weeks ago, that um, they were fully independent. They were starting a label, uh, 361, and um, and it seems like the entirety, correct me if I'm wrong, essentially all the work for you guys' future is done by yourselves, Frankie Ludicar, you're just talking about, and then um, Rob Rusha, who, of a side note, Rob here has another podcast of his own with that Rob. Yeah, Robcast Podcast. That's right. Yeah. I was listening to that one a little bit in prep too. It was a fun listen. Yeah, we, we've been we've been silent for a little bit because we've had so much going on, but we're going to get back into it. There you go. So is that pretty much the entire team that that really that your you guys' future is going to rest on? Is the seven or so of you? Well, we actually just hired. Uh, I haven't talked to her yet, but we just hired somebody to the team on a month basis. So right okay. now we have, no, she's not part of it. She's not co-owner. Like these seven that you just mentioned, the band, Rob and Francesca, we own all 361 Degrees Records. So we hired another person for, as an outside source that okay. us with, you know, more social media, more marketing and all this stuff. But right now we're as us seven, we pretty much, you know, make all the decisions. And then we, you know, once we, need to bring someone else in. We'll look for, you know, in outside independent contractors, whatever you want to call them and to help us out. But um, as of now, the seven of us are doing most of the work. Well, basically Elias, Rob and Francesca do all the work. The rest of the guys, we we just get tasks and we just promote, you know, whatever they give us. It's weird and, and, and neat at the same time that I don't, I don't think you'll ever hear another band give as much attention and praise to like, say their engineer and their creative director as we do. We bring their names up in posts and comments Mm -hmm. just as much as any musician or whatever, because they are that important to our team. They do. And they deserve all the success in the world. Absolutely. And I think that's fascinating. Yeah, as I've noticed that exact thing. And that's why I refer to that the same word you just use as a team. It's like, at this point, you guys are more than even a band. You're like, you are an entity that, that you know, Rob may be producing, you know, uh, Francesca's not making music per se, but the what you just described is is very apparent in how you guys present yourselves. And in these videos that you've started releasing, um, which I, you don't want to direct people to check out YouTube, uh, Nonpoint started a series called Ruthlessly Independent. And and all the names we just mentioned are a, are a huge part of that. It's really fascinating. The entire story is really fascinating to me just to see um, what you guys are doing and taking this this kind of little little renegade squad and and uh, um, you know betting your future on it and you know potentially as you grow the future of of other bands as well. Yeah, I mean uh, potentially you know we're we're definitely going to hire more people, but right now you know we're good with what we have. We do have a radio guy, too, who's part of our management team. His name is Bob Hathaway. So he's been working on radio. So we, we have more people on the team. I mean, our management, you know, uh, helps out in little bits here and there. But, um, yeah, I mean, we, we're going to just try for this as long and as we can. And I was sp- speaking to Elias today. I said, failure is not an option. You know, I, yeah. I didn't start this to fail. You know, and we're not fa- – we're not – we didn't start this to fail. We're going to do this. 
and do whatever it takes, you know, to get where we need to be. We didn't make this decision just to all of a sudden, well, you know, we're going to go sign with a label. No, that's not, no, that's not happening. You know, we're going to do this ourselves and we're very happy and proud that we've been able to release a brand new song. And so far the reaction has been insane, you know, like overwhelming to say the least. So yeah, we're going to just, we're just going to do it. One of my favorite parts of the documentary is when your producer uh, bust out a triangle. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I don't know if that was actually used. Jason, is that actually in a song? Yeah, it's, I think it's, I think it's in the, the first hits coming out of the verses. Like when he says, I'm about to explode and I'm about to go rogue. That first hit hit back in. It's, I think it's in there real faint. I think so he hit a triangle for something to explode. <laughs> yeah. I got to listen to that because there was actually a little synth part there in the, in the pre that I'd never heard until I saw the documentary. Yeah. And I've been, I've had that. So I've had that song for a year on my phone. I don't remember ever hearing the, <laughs> the little thing and like, and like, Holy crap. And it was like, okay, now I can't do it. There's a lot of layers, a lot of layers in the song that maybe a, a hundred plays from now, you you might hear something new just to, to, you know, it fills out the sound in the recording, you know, so it, it's yeah. maybe something you'll never hear, but it, <laughs> it adds so much depth to the song and the sound in, in parts, just little things. Yeah, Fred, Fred is really good with that kind of stuff. And, and Rashid actually played, did Rashid play that part? Probably, yeah. But Fred is really good at layers, man. That dude is just, he has got his, his mind, he's got current thoughts about what to do. He stays current and I can't thank him enough. <laughs> yeah, he's actually, I think it was in the third video you guys released and, and you see exactly that. Elias was talking with Fred on the phone about, I think it was about Ruthless and, and Fred's like, or Elias is like, add everything, like make it louder, put up and Fred's like, yeah. We're going to like blow this thing up and it's going to be it's going to be track after track, layer after layer of all these things happening in there. It's exactly what you said. And and you do catch that in the song. And so it was funny. I, I'm watching through this series and you see all this stuff going on. And most of those videos are from a year ago. Yeah. Yeah. And so all the things that, that we're, we're talking about, the label, the song, everything. Literally, it sounds like it got put on hold for a year. And it was all, even the AEW connection, as you can correct me if I'm wrong again, sounds like that was in the work, in the works a year ago as well and had to be postponed. Yes. The, 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 we were going to do the, what was it, the double or nothing? Is that what it was, Jason? I think, I think so. Yeah. Double or nothing. Yeah. We were going to do that. And they, and they usually do that in Las Vegas. Right. That was their first pay-per-view ever. Yeah. And it was, it's like their WrestleMania, I guess. You yeah. Know? Like, I, I think so. I'm not a hundred percent sure. But uh, I think it's their biggest, their biggest pay-per-view. But um, yeah, a, a whole year of not saying nothing. <laughs> now, like it, it was, it was rough, man, because Jason had just joined the band probably like uh, six months prior, or I don't know, five months prior, and we did that hell yeah run, and then we we were ready to do all this, and then all of a sudden <laughs> it was done. Right? You know what that's like? You know what that's like? That's like pulling the pin on our grenade and sitting on it and then holding yourself down in the seat. That's what it's like. That's what it's like. It was, it was rough for all of us, especially, you know, Jason who had just joined it. There was an excitement, you know, behind, 
you know, I understood his excitement because I felt that way too. And everything started happening to me, you know, there was an excitement. So I felt more bad for him. And we always blamed him for everything that happened. So he joined the band and everything. Yeah. We, the, the world shut down. Slayer broke up. He joined the band. The world shut down. <laughs> so was there any like one type of event that led to you guys wanting to start your own record company? Or was it just wanting to have more independence over your music? Well, I mean, l- looking at it, um, I mean, we've been signed to like five or six labels in our career. You know, and it's like when you see the, the first, the announcement, you know, Elias has his hands like this on his face. He says, what the hell is going on? <laughs> yeah. Basically, something that, you know, you know, I'm not going to disrespect any label because without them, I wouldn't have had a 22-year career, to be honest. So I, I can't, I can't be, actually more, 23 years now. So I can't be all that upset, you know. But, you know, there are certain things like, you're in a, in a room writing music for months at a time and you record this rec- this record, the label pays for it. And then you want to use your own music to promote and you get flagged by the label that you can't use the music. Like you can only use 15 seconds. What can you possibly do in 15 <laughs> seconds? You know, like for when you're showing a song, except show the chorus. So that was one. And, and, you know, it, it, we have been talking about this ever since uh, the previous guitar player, BC Coachman, was in the band. And he actually would bring it up a lot. We should just be independent. And just ever since that time, with all the events that led up, all the things that happened, we're like, you know, maybe we should try to do this ourselves. And what the real kicker was, uh, our record to the pain uh, the one with Bullet and the Live and Kicking and whatnot. Um, they, uh, we got ownership of those. Re- we got ownership of that album. Our the previous label, Beeler Brothers uh, Records, uh, Jason Beeler, who was also our manager, he sent me a text. He said, "Hey, I would like for you to, you and Elias own this record. You know, I think it's the, you deserve it." And so, yeah, we signed the contract. It got reversed to us. We got it taken down from all the streaming sites and for a year that was and people were asking where is it where is it so then we we dropped it on a christmas on christmas day that next christmas we dropped it to the pain up well merry christmas here it is uh to the pain back on and the streams went nuts on it and then what really made the kicker is three months later i saw the money that was coming in and I'm like, I mean, granted, I'm not a rich person, but I can find I could finally say, holy shit, I'm actually making money with my music outside of touring and merch and VIP, you know, which and, you know, ASCAP, whatever gets paid, you know, by ASCAP. But here we were we were getting paid every month. And I'm like, well, <laughs> <laughs> this is a. So then we retain ownership for two more records. And then, you know, the goal is hopefully to, re- to own all of them. And that's going to be a lot of red tape. But we said, you know, let's do it ourselves. You know, we released everything through DistroKid. And they send out everything to all the digitals, all the digital platforms. And it, honestly, it's the best choice. You know, there was no, I can, you know, finally say, you know, 
I'm getting paid with my music. I mean, we were getting royalties all along, but this is different, a different kind of work because we own the record. There's nobody, nobody else getting their hand in the cookie jar. Uh-huh. We get the cookies now, you know? And, and, <laughs> right, right. You know, so it was a good, a, a good thing. The only thing that bums me out about this, and, and I'm not bummed out by the thing, is Jason, you know, has never experienced signing that record contract. Uh-huh. You know, because when I signed my first one, which was that fucking thick, by the way, and I didn't read it. I oh, you didn't read the terms and conditions? That was way too many pages, like 250 pages. Just like, I, I just read the part where it says, where's my name go? So, and by the way, anybody in the future, read the contract. Anyway, um, uh, Jace, there was, there, there's such an excitement when you sign that deal, you're like, holy shit, I signed a record deal because that's what we were working for the whole fucking time, you know, like getting signed. So that's the only thing that bugs me out that Jason has will not be able to experience that, you know, and unless we know we, we do a 361, we, we write a deal yeah. ourselves, we're signed. <laughs> right. <laughs> but, but that's why, I mean, there as as, you know, as crazy sometimes the labels are, there was still a, a, a kid-like feeling because when we signed that we signed with MCA, then we signed with Lava, which was Lava Atlantic, then we signed with Beeler Brothers, and we signed with this one. We signed with Metal Blade. You know, that, that was super exciting for me <laughs> because, you know, Metal Blade, I grew up listening to all those bands as a kid, you know, all the metal bands on Metal Blade. And that's the only thing that bums me out is Jason won't be able to really experience seeing his name on a dotted line. To me, it was a great thing. Obviously, some worked out, some didn't. But that's the only thing. Everything else about being independent and doing this has been very rewarding and overwhelming, especially when we released the song and, like, got second most added at radio. And we're like, <laughs> what? Like, you know, it's like these things like that. And then, you know, it brings that kid feeling again. I feel like a kid. I'm online trying to find stuff. I share it to the thread. Oh, this guy said this, you know, and Jason's constantly finding these. Jason's always searching and researching. So it, I feel like a kid again. But you know what? There's a lot of work ahead. Yeah. It's, it's not autopilot. You know, like it's there's a lot of work. and But we're going to do it. So there you have it. That was part one of our interview with Rob and Jason from Nonpoint. Lots of fun. These guys are great. Uh, it is another interview that uh, was supposed to be, what, 30 minutes, or we had kind of scheduled or had an idea that was going to be really short and ended up lasting what, an hour and a half. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and these guys uh, being in central time with us, not only were, again, mentioned they were gracious about the tech issues, but they were gracious enough to record at the time that we typically record which is yeah. later in the evening um, when most, most of the time, I think, you know, day, or earlier in the day is, is more agreeable for people. So they, they gave us a lot of time well into the evening. And so stand up dudes for being that, uh, that cool. <laughs> well, just for example, people might not realize it, but it's, it's quarter to 11 right now where we are. <laughs> <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so it, yeah, it was, it was incredible. They were very gracious with their time uh, and, and, very patient with uh, they were more patient with their with our technical issues than i was um (laughs) (laughs) yeah we need to take lessons from them and quit trying to use these these nice microphones and just use our phones for the show from now on that's what 
I think that that's the plan. We, we're trying to get too fancy. We just need to keep it simple. They didn't have any tech issues at all. Yeah, no kidding. Yeah. Well, stay tuned for part two, which will drop next week, uh, where we will go more in depth about the new song, uh, the songs that are coming up, and a lot of the things that uh, that Nonpoint has in line for the future. We're excited to hear them. Big things are in store. Yeah, like I said, the band just continues to uh, keep their fans on their toes, and, and we had the pleasure of getting to talk about it. So stay tuned. Thank you very much for listening. We are The Itch. This is The Itch Podcast. My name is Dan. I'm Casey. And I'm Aaron. And until next time, rock on. If you enjoyed what you heard in this episode, please subscribe and tell a friend about the show. We've got plenty of links in the show notes to continue the conversation, including the episode's playlist. And you can interact with us on Twitter, Facebook, or through Gmail and itchrocks.com, all at itchrocks, I-T-C-H-R-O-C-K-S. Ruthless! Ruthless! <laughs>